that's what drives him is his curiosity and that's what kind of drives you to want to know more about what happens because you're like oh what happens to you end up in a hole in the middle of nowhere just a heads up these words and opinions are mine and my own much like Gollum and the one ring we'll attempt to keep most of this as spoiler free as possible but if you have any questions about the material in this podcast please don't hesitate to reach out to double moon letters at gmail.com thank you enjoy the podcast vamos Welcome to Letters from a Double Moon. My name is Nahima, and thank you for your presence here tonight. Yes, I know, it's been a while again since uh, we have touched base, really, and had an episode. Life's just been a bit crazy, um, honestly. Started a new job, and it just, yeah, it's been... It's been a wild ride, that's for sure. So I'm trying to figure out if I should change this podcast to monthly or just leave it at every two weeks and try to get to it whenever I can. We'll see. I can't really impart much about any games that I've been playing lately because it's just been me trying to read, me trying to craft, me trying to knit, double knit even. Double knitting is so difficult when you're trying to grasp the concept. It's not funny. Um, but I'll get there and I know that we all will with our crafting endeavours, no matter how small or how large they may be. Um, so I hope you've been well and I hope you've been reading some interesting books lately. I'm still kind of going through my TBR pile on Audible, which is where I found this particular book today that we'll be talking about. And essentially it's, yeah, it's a seminal kind of author with like their very first kind of work. So it's going to be quite an interesting deep dive or maybe not too deep, just a dive into this particular author's book. Um, it's the first in a long series and it's the first that kind of tastes or tests in a way the waters for this particular author and he's just trying to, yeah, trying to figure out his the way he writes and, and everything. So you kind of get that experimental vibe in that particular um, story. So... It's all about experiments today, and it's all about experimental works. And indeed, um, just to be clear, it's not the first book that this author has written, but it's the first in a series that kind of, I guess, blew up in a way and became extremely popular, especially with uh, young adult readers. Um, Actually, I'm not too sure on that one. It could be young adult because it was definitely in my high school library when I was younger and it was definitely encouraged um, to to be read. So there's that. But then there's also, I, I guess, adults and, you know, more mature readers would definitely have gotten a kick out of this series as well. So that's always, um, it's always interesting to note kind of like the demographics of the reader when you start out as a writer because you kind of go in a bit blind unless you have a really firm idea as to who your author, your audience is going to be, not your author. Um, if you're an author and you're trying to figure out who your audience is going to be, it's very much, 
trying to trying to trying to gauge like people's reactions and I guess he dropped a couple of things this this author dropped a couple of things in the book that kind of yeah were experimental and just kind of try to gauge how people thought about certain things so there's that um and I won't delay now in revealing who the author of this particular book is so it is The Colour of Magic by Sir Terry Pratchett let's hook the book for you shall we The Colour of Magic. Now this was the first time that I'd ever read this book or I guess in this case heard because I was kind of listening to an audiobook version of this one narrated by the fabulous, uh, oh god what's his name, Colin Morgan, the guy who played Merlin um, in the BBC series which is of course delightful. Um, So he narrated this particular version which I think they're doing like a whole overhaul of all the audio series and all the audio books of Terry Pratchett's works and they're turning them into refreshed kind of new and improved versions of themselves not that there's really much to be done to change them I think this is mainly just the way that they're being delivered so Colin Morgan narrated this one and I noticed in the reviews it's a little bit polarizing perhaps because some people loved his narration some people were like I prefer Andrea Varma who I think she narrated the Weird Sisters and a couple others um, in the series but essentially yeah The Color of Magic is the first series sorry it's the first book in the Discworld series and it follows a story that's a bit madcap so it follows the story of a wizard called Rincewind for those who aren't familiar Um, and Rincewind is like this wizard and he's had spells that he's learnt in his lifetime kind of locked away in his brain by like he he snuck into a library and, and looked in a forbidden book I believe was the story and he kind of got the spell trapped in his brain so he can't really cast spells anymore and he's just like this guy who just pretends to be a wizard a lot of the people view him as just a phony but this book was kind of like a retribution story for him and it's kind of this big arc that kind of follows his story but also concurrently the story of a tourist called Two Flower who comes from a distant land to the city of Ankh, Moorpork which is where Rincewind lives and the two meet somehow at the local pub and they kind of hit it off in a weird way in that they're not really friends but also they kind of support each other with fighting and and getting out of tricky situations so there's that and then the story follows as kind of people are threatening and being a bit heavy on Rincewind trying to get him to get the tourists to give as much gold as possible but also they want him to have a good time so he goes back to his hometown and kind of says yeah more pork is the bee's knees and you know how much I love bees, so anything to do with their knees is definitely something that I want a part of. So, yeah, the story just continues on um, in terms of Rincewind on an adventure. He's very unwilling, of course, and Two Flowers kind of with him every almost every step of the way. But what's especially intriguing about The Colour of Magic is that you kind of get a taste for the Discworld universe, you kind of dip your toes into it, but you don't really fully immerse yourself into what it is to really be a fan of this series and to really kind of have a taste of each and every character or or really kind of get a full idea of what the world was like. Like I was kind of left wanting at the end of the story to know more about what happened, so I was 
asking him around saying, you know, is there a sequel to this particular book? Is it, is it, does it just leave you as it were hanging on the edge of the world kind of, um, no, apparently not. So that's good. I'm going to be keen to look at the, the following story to see if that can kind of continue what I was reading or listening to in this case. Um, cause it was very fascinating. Um, and it was very suspenseful and like it gripped me from the very first kind of, um, chapters and didn't really let go until the end when it finished and I was left kind of wanting more which is always a great spectacular side when it comes to books um but with Sir Terry Pratchett he yeah you can tell he's a bit this is a bit of a diamond in the rough for him and maybe he could have gone back and and rewritten it at some point at a later stage in his life but I'm kind of glad he didn't because it was it's very much you get to see the full journey the full gamut of his um, of his legacy and of the way that he wrote kind of writ large in the way that he starts and then in the final books that he written that he wrote that he written wow that he wrote as well another thing that was great um, about this particular uh, book is that yes it was written in the 80s I think it was written November published November 1983 um, but the great thing about it is that it has like different elements to it so it's got like dragons in it it's got bandits in it it's got barbarians so like big bulky men that love to fight in it um it's got magic it's got uh like tourism i suppose you could say i don't know if that's really a theme but the fact that there's someone out there who's willing to come to this crazy little town and have a poke around, like that's kind of what we all love to do, don't we? We all love to go traveling in a way and we basically all love to go uh, poke our noses around towns that we've never been in. So there's that curiosity that kind of comes from Two Flowers' character that's very much embedded in, in our psyche and embedded in the way that we act uh, inherently. So that one's great. And I think what was most interesting about these characters was that again you they're very raw so you can kind of feel like this the author's kind of getting to know them as he's writing and you're kind of getting to know them as you're reading so i my favorite character out of the color of magic would probably have to be rinsewind um i kind of relate to him in a way in that he's kind of like a big failure and not to not to go into the psychology of myself and to say that I think that I'm a failure but the thing is he's very human and he's very much um like on the real side of humanity he's not thinking that he's some great ways some great wizard and he's not thinking that he's greater than what he actually is so that's what I really liked about Rincewind and that's what I appreciate about his character is that he's quite I don't know if I want to say humble but he's real um Flower is a cute character. He's a cute addition. Um, he's very inquisitive, and I love that about him because he's very much... That's what drives him is his curiosity, and that's what kind of drives you to want to know more about what happens because you're like, oh, what happens to him? Does he end up in a hole in the middle of nowhere? Does he end up down a well? Does he end up, you know, being eaten by a dragon? Like, you never know. Um, the lore in this series, I'm sure, is much more vast than what's in The Color of Magic. To be honest, I've... This is the first read, book I've read. I mean, I've kind of read the weird, um, the weird sisters book, but this was completely different. So it kind of, um, it kind of just, yeah, is a fresh perspective, I guess, if you want, in a way. 
the lore is essentially yeah very unique it's very unique like you've got the dragons they're they're like operated with imagination um there's of course the the whole magic and the the fact that it's get wrapped that is wrapped up in the number eight um you've got the town of Ankh-Morpork, which is very scummy, I guess you could say. Um, but it's like in a charming kind of... It's a charming scummy, if you could call it that. There's also, like, the menacing kind of leaders of this world that kind of lean on Rincewind and say, hey, you got to make us have a good impression for Two Flower or we'll, we'll, we'll end you, essentially. Um, so their world is kind of like murky and mysterious and you get a little taste for that but I'm sure like you get it later on as well and of course the fact that the world the disc world is so vast and it sits on the shoulders of a noble turtle um, with four elephants on its back like that's really cool that's really unique Um, and the the fact that there's a civilization that want to know the gender of the turtle is quite quite spectacular Um, and I suppose that's the whole, maybe the whole culmination of the story is that it kind of reveals that that's what that civilization is intending to do, is figure out if it's a boy turtle or a girl turtle. So, you know, that's, I guess, there's just, it's full of curiosity, the colour of magic, so it's great. Um, and it kind of, it has this, like, boyish kind of wonder in it as well which is um, always great to see because it kind of makes you have a little giggle as you as you read along and you kind of just feel um, what Terry Pratchett might have felt as he was writing the story all the way back in... He probably wrote it in the 70s, probably had some idea of it then, so we'll say that, you know, pre-1980s, he would have been writing this. Well, um... There's other aspects to The Colour of Magic that were very interesting. Um, and I mean, like, I can talk about the story till the cows go home, but I really don't want to give any way, any way too many spoilers, so I won't talk about that too much. Um, I think, though, another element that would be quite surprising to readers that don't know much about this world or this, um, like, fan- fantasy lore um, is the fact that the magic isn't like you know run of the mill wand waving baguette cleaving magic it's a lot more i would say organic and it kind of with anyway with rincewind's like non-ability he apparently has mastered only one spell out of these spells that he's lost because it, it like trapped them in this particular one I'm not explaining it correctly but essentially all he has in his brain is one spell and I think it turns out later on that this is a very important spell to Discworld so it's kind of like he unbeknownst to him he's got like the heart of the world inside his head for some reason and that's like a really cool element to the story is that you you don't Rincewind doesn't know how very much important he is to every single person on the Discworld and I'm sure they don't really know the same thing as well, which is why they treat him the way that they treat him, which isn't very well half the time. So, yeah, it's just interesting that there's, like, many layers to this uh, world and many layers to the fact that, um, yeah, that Terry Pratchett did a lot of world building and he kind of concentrated very much on um, 
making sure that there was a lot of interest going as the story kind of trucks along. There is like a, several different aspects and scenes in the story that I found very enjoyable, but one that particularly stands out is when Rincewind, Two Flower, and Huron the Barbarian, they have been kind of kidnapped by, I don't know what you want to call them, dragon riders. There's like a little community of dragon ears um, in in the Discworld, and they go, they have a fight, and then so Rincewind is fighting with a magic sword, like Horan's magic sword that he picked up because Horan dropped it as he got carried away by a dragon. And then Rincewind picks up the sword and the sword says, you know what, we're going to go rescue this old mate and we're going to rescue Two Flower, so come with me. So they went on their way to rescue, so Rincewind ends up trying to fight one of the like dragon lords. Oh, dragon lords, there we go. And then Horan has to go and try and like negotiate with one of the dragon lasses or ladies and two flowers i think just doing his own thing um when he ends up you know just stuck in a little prison cell uh he ends up escaping but the funny or not the funny thing but the most interesting thing about this particular scene is that you kind of get that little taste of what Rincewind's spell is capable of doing because he's about to cast it because he's about to kind of fall into this abyss where there's lots of rocks and everyone's a very high tense uh, moment, moment of high tension. Um, and then just as he's about to fall, he kind of gets rescued and then carried away and, you know, all is happy, all is well. But it's just so bloody delicious that it is such a menacing kind of aspect of the story and you kind of... I just need to know more. I need to know more about this spell and I need to know more about how um, how Rincewind is capable of um, damage. And I need to know specifically like how much damage this spell can cause because it's just it just seems so like not harmless but there's like an element to it that's really menacing and the rest of it you kind of like this is so cool so that's what i really enjoyed about um this particular scene in the color of magic was that you almost get a taste of what it's like to be the most powerful probably being in the disc world now this next bit we all know is like my little moment of gratitude for the chosen author of this chosen episode so just take your time to kind of Give thanks to who you're reading or who you love the most at the moment. And let me begin. Dear Terry, you were taken from us far too soon, but left a legacy far greater than your years. What would the world have been like without your humour and your warmth? Probably sad and lonely, and I think we're all the better for what you gave, even if it couldn't be everything. Discworld and all the diverse characters you've created are fantastic, iconic, and despite the fantasy element, real. What's more, you've written something special, profound, and ultimately kind. And I think through that kindness, we remember you, and we remember all that you've done. So thank you, good sir for all that you tried to do to make this crazy world of ours a better place. Thank you. With an ever-loving heart, Nahima. So that was my take on The Colour of Magic by Sir Terry Pratchett. 
he was a fantastic author and you know he's greatly missed in the literature um community but i think we all know that as long as we keep reading his stuff and remembering him that's all that really matters is that the way that he has made an impact on us is the greatest achievement that he could have done so next episode what's it going to be um i've noticed that i've only really been talking about male authors um in which case this next one's going to be written a book written by a woman um going to be adding a bit more femininity into the podcast and it's going to be a cozy mystery set in cornwall um with drugs involved so that's going to be a fun time a fun read And if you enjoyed today's episode, send us an email at doublemoonletters at gmail.com or leave a rating. It would be greatly appreciated. And that's me for this episode, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed my contribution to the world of lit podcasting. Until we read again, stay safe out there, wherever you might find yourself.